Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Casuals Only with Friends. It is me, your host, Shannon, but I am also joined by my co-host, the amazing Sarah. Yellow. Not much. Pretty stoned. Not much. <laughs> yeah, I feel ya. I'm really excited for today's episode. Uh, today we're talking about the Batman. It feels like we've come full circle. It's been a long time coming, you know? Right. I remember when we said that we were going to record one for each movie and then like yeah. do this whole big thing with like four other people and it just never happened. <laughs> it never happened. Sorry. We left you guys kind of on a cliffhanger there. But if you go back, um, we did talk about our impressions the first time we ever saw the Batman trailer. Mm-hmm. So it's crazy that two years later, we finally got to watch the film, you know? Yeah. But before we get into the meat of the conversation, we do want to say thank you. Ooh, my voice. <clears throat> we want to say thank you for continuing to download the show, for listening to us, for hanging out with us. For some reason, you guys like it. Um <laughs> just kidding we like we like doing this this is fun i like having these conversations with you me too so yeah go ahead and leave us some reviews <laughs> and some stars on uh apple podcasts um spotify also has a rating system please rate us uh it really helps with visibility so with that being said sarah you know how it goes i gotta ask you what have you been watching um, I've been watching Bob's Burgers since they've been putting out new episodes, and they're really cute. New episodes of Bob's Burgers? I didn't know that. Yeah. They do this thing where, like, they, um, take a break in between, like, um, the middle of their season. So for, like, half of December and all of January and then, like, half of February, we don't get any episodes, and then they just start releasing them out of nowhere. <laughs> and it's really weird if you don't have cable and you don't like get to see the commercials of when they're gonna start airing oh it because you're just you're on Hulu one day and there's new episodes of Bob's Burgers. It's great. All right. Well, how and it's good. You're yeah, liking it. Yeah, yeah. It's cute. I love Bob's Burgers. I kind of fell off around I think season four or five. I don't know, but mm. I should probably get back into it. I really liked it. Yeah, it's cute. It's fun. It's like silly TV. I relate to it. I feel like that's my family in some ways. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you then? Um, probably Gene. Gene? <laughs> Is it because he's a musician? Yeah. Kind of just yeah, kindred like, spirits. Kindred spirit, exactly. Just <laughs> That's so funny. Um, I don't know. I feel like I'm somewhere between Linda and Tina. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> Just a healthy amount of self-deprecation and self-awareness. You know? Hell yeah. And fangirling. <laughs> oh, speaking of fangirling, I saw Turning Red. Yeah. Holy shit, it was so good. I really liked it. I can't wait for you to watch it. I, think I did. I Oh, you did? Yeah. What did you think? Um, I don't really know because I feel like I was just like kind of drunk and crying a lot. Oh. 
<laughs> it was just a weird night for me altogether. <laughs> oh my god. So I feel like I may need to rewatch it. <laughs> yeah, I think it might it might help. I did cry though. Yeah. I will say that it will make you cry. Yeah, it is um, cute. It's just I definitely need to like revisit it before I can we talk about it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's um uh a little part that I wasn't really like fully paying attention to just cuz I was watching it at home mm-hmm. because it's on Disney Plus. So, I'll I'll have to rewatch some parts again, but I really did like it. I thought it was pretty. Um is there anything else you've been watching? Um I don't think so. Not recently. I rewatched uh <laughs> some of the Austin Powers movies. Oh my god. <laughs> and How those were those were a lot of fun. Um big nostalgic feelings. It, I just re- whenever I watch those movies, I always remember like when I was like 8 years old and my brothers took me to go see Austin Powers. <laughs> At 8 years old. <laughs> At 8 years brothers. old. I didn't get like half of the references and now that I watch it I'm like, "Oh man, they are really bad for doing this." <laughs> Yeah, that's how I feel. You know, like when you go back and rewatch movies that you watched a lot as a kid. Because mm-hmm. I definitely watched Austin Powers at a young age. <laughs> to, yeah. At least young enough to miss a lot of the context, you know, mm-hmm. and just laugh at the outright jokes like, okay, <laughs> maybe we shouldn't have been allowed to watch it. Who knows? Who cares? It's funny, though. Yeah. <laughs> I will say the last thing uh, I've been I I saw West Side Story, Steven Spielberg's West Side Story. How did that go? I have thoughts. It's. Have you seen West Side Story? No, but I understand like the general idea of it. Okay, so you've never seen it. Mm mm. Okay, well, it's it made me realize that I hate Romeo and Juliet. But <laughs> there's, <laughs> I was watching it, and here's the thing: um, Steven Spielberg is a master at his craft, which is directing movies. There's a lot of really impressive technical, like one shots, some really great cinematic blocking, things like that. Um, I've seen the 1961 version mm-hmm. and I've rewatched some of my favorite songs from it like moments and here's the thing I'm Hisp- I'm I'm Latin, right? Mhm. And the original the 1961 version has a lot of problems. Um there's Rita Moreno who is actually uh, Latina herself and they put her in brown face they covered her in bronzer even though she like infamously like told the producers and stuff that like she doesn't need to be darker um, but they said that she didn't look ethnic enough which is kind of like the problems that plagued the OG one but what's kind of saccharine about it is that like a lot of Latinos at that time were like oh dope representation look um and what i appreciate about the steven spielberg version is that there are a lot of latin um actors and actresses the person who played anita in particular is spectacular um i think she won the bafta for 
best supporting actress and she completely deserves it i think she steals the show completely um and steven spielberg kind of recontextualizes some things regarding race and racism and gentrification at this time um i don't know (laughs) the thing is like who's watching it (laughs) who gives a shit you know so it's pretty but it's like who's watching it who cares yeah so yeah that's that have you been listening to anything in particular um i've been listening to to, uh what's his name amine Mm -hmm. it's like anime but amine the rapper yeah um i just kind of discovered him I didn't really know about him. I knew maybe like one song by him, and then like I need a Spice Girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that song. But I just started getting into him recently. But nice, that's about he's it. a good artist. Yeah, I I've been enjoying him. I've just been playing him like in the car, and like uh, me and my coworkers play it like after hours. So it's fun. It's cool music. Yeah. yeah. He's got some dope stuff. So if you guys haven't heard of him at home, check him out. Yes. It's worth it. All right. So let's get into the Batman. All right. <laughs> I am vengeance. <laughs> that's that's the whole movie. It should be called the Batman subtitle, The Vengeance. <laughs> That would be it. All right. So all jokes aside, we're going to get a little bit into the film background because it's quite interesting uh, how we got this film when you think about it in the grand scheme of things. (laughs) How did we get a Batman movie starring Robert Pattinson, the guy who was infamously known for his role as Edward uh, Cullen? In Twilight. God bless. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and now he's Bat Daddy. How did that happen? Well, welcome to Casuals Only, where we're going to talk about it. <laughs> but uh, here we go. The Batman 2022 premiered at the Lincoln Center in New York on March 1st and then was released in theaters worldwide on March 4th, 2022. It was delayed twice from its original release date of June 2021. Can you believe that? Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. We were supposed to get it in June. And I think when we talked about it in the podcast, it was delayed to October. Yeah. So it's kind of crazy that now we finally got it. Uh, the Batman was directed by Matt Reeves, and he's known for directing films like Cloverfield, the romantic horror remake of Let Me In, and Dawn of the Planet of the Apes and War for the Planet of the Apes, which I didn't know he did those films. So I, I knew he did Cloverfield. I didn't know that he did um, Let Me In or Planet of the Apes. I need to watch Let Me In. It's like recommended by every horror buff and I still haven't gotten around. It's really good. It's got like it. this really unique indie feel to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of nostalgic in that way i need to see it i need to just get off my butt and actually watch it Mm -hmm. 
All right. Well, he wrote the screenplay. Matt Reeves wrote the screenplay alongside Peter Craig. And the Batman stars Robert Pattinson as Batman, Paul Dano as the Riddler, Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman, Jeremy Wright as Jim Gordon, um, Colin Farrell as the Penguin, and John Turturro as Carmine Falcone. So let's go on a little bat journey. So development for the Batman originally began in 2013 after Ben Affleck was initially cast as the Batman in the DCEU, which was characterized by Zack Snyder's films, uh, Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, and Justice League. The deadline revealed that Jeff Jones and Ben Affleck were actually going to be working on a Batman movie that Affleck would also direct because... Why not hubris? <laughs> he wanted to do it all. He was like, this is going to be my fucking magnum opus, my citizen cane. Oh, man. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I can say. Thank God that it didn't happen. Thank God that he was like off his rocker and had to go to rehab. <laughs> Bro. Um he wanted to do all of this and it was supposed to be part of this movie schedule release of films uh, that was supposed to begin in 2018 that was going to feature The Flash, Aquaman, and The Batman all released around the same time. Obviously, that didn't fucking happen. Nope. We have a very different... Uh, release schedule with The Flash actually getting delayed to 2023 and Aquaman already has a second film. So it's kind of crazy (laughs) how they just didn't go. Nothing went according to plan for DC, for Warner Brothers. It was a disaster. Mm -hmm. Shit show. (laughs) Well, there was a first draft. Uh, The first draft cited a lot of influence from Arkham Asylum, Nightfall, and the video game Batman Arkham Asylum. Have you ever played it? No, but I know that it's like the first installment in the uh, Arkham trilogy. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. They're fucking great. They're great games. I recommend them. They are really good games. It's so fun. It really kind of pioneered this era in video games for like, you know, superhero games, superhero Mm -hmm. focused games. It's kind of crazy. Uh, It came out in 2009 and all that stuff. So this version of the Batman was supposed to have Joe Mangiello or whatever, the guy from Magic Mike. That's what I remember him from. Um, Joe Mangiello. Hold on one second. Yeah. Let me look that up. He's married, or not married. I think so. No, yeah. He's married to Sofia Vergara now. I, that doesn't help me. I don't know who oh. any of these people are. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. He was in Spider-Man. He was? Oh, yeah. He was Flash. He was Flash Thompson in Spider-Man. In Spider-Man? Why yeah, do you place this person right now? <laughs> Have you ever seen Magic Mike? No, I'm not he was to be in funny. Jay and Silent Bob too. Why can't I place this really? person? Like I, I can't place his <laughs> face. I can't place a single character he's played. <laughs> I think that's pretty telling of <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> what ended up happening. 
He's been in so much, too. He was in How I Met Your Mother, True Blood, Magic Mike, Spider-Man, Rampage. Like, all right. And you don't give a damn about him. <laughs> no, he is. <laughs> well, uh, that, <laughs> that ended up being the case in a lot of ways. Um, he was supposed to play the main villain of the Batfleck Batman. Dude, um, just saying it out loud just sounds terrible. He's supposed to, like, orchestrate this huge breakout scene out of Arkham Asylum where he has this huge battle with Batman in the middle of, like, a sea of inmates fighting. <laughs> because why not? I'm sorry. <laughs> and then I'm not bullshitting you. Batgirl is supposed to show up out of nowhere and just appear and help batman okay um it was also supposed to explore the death of robin um which was hinted at in batman v superman um but in january 2017 ben affleck said that he would no longer be part of the batman revealing in a statement that performing this role demands focus passion and the very best performance i can give it has become clear that i cannot do both jobs to the level they require together with the studio i have decided to find a partner and a director who will collaborate with me on this massive film i am still in this and we are making it but we are currently looking for a director spoiler alert he's not in it (laughs) he's not in it anymore but it's at this time that in February of 2017, Matt Reeves officially signs on to direct the Batman. It is then in like August of 2017 or 2018. It doesn't really matter. Um, ben Affleck basically says, I can't do this um, because he has to go to rehab. Like you said, Sarah. Mm-hmm. So uh, he says bye-bye to the project um, as a whole. Um, and at this time, Matt Reeves also realizes that uh, the script that Batfleck made is not the movie he wants to make at all. Thank God. Uh, we got something very different. So Reeves knew that he wanted to draw from inspirations like The Long Halloween, Dark Victory, Um, He decided to use the Riddler as his main villain after reading the book Mindhunter uh, from 1995, and he was also inspired by the Zodiac Killer. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming you're familiar with that case, Sarah. Yeah, no, that kind of rang pretty true through it. Like, it was quite, like, once I saw that in the notes, I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Like, I kind of figured already, (laughs) but that makes a lot of sense. (laughs) Yeah, it's a very, um, very, very blatant reference to the Zodiac Killer. Um, If you put up one of the sketches of the Zodiac Killer with his mask and goggles on, it looks pretty much like Dano's Riddler. Mm -hmm. Um, What I really find interesting here is that he took inspiration from Mindhunter, um, the book that, you know... Also, the David Fincher Netflix show is based off of a little bit. Um, I find true crime so interesting. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. and it's it fits perfectly in a Batman setting because Batman is allegedly 
the world's greatest detective. So why wouldn't you have Batman do detective, <laughs> detective shit? Yeah. Uh, so that's a huge uh, creative difference between his script and, and Batflicks. He also went on to say that Batman comics like year one by Frank Miller and David Muschelli and Zero Year by Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo. I've read both of them. <laughs> that should come as a surprise to no one. And it's really apparent um, where the influences come from, especially from year one. Even though the film, spoilers, takes place in his second year as Batman, the narration, the tone, kind of like the color palette all really comes from year one. So I recommend that to, to anyone who wants to read some Batman comics. Hell yeah. Um, I even, I think I mentioned it when I got out of the theater too. I was like, oh, I've kind of felt like I was watching Watchmen at first because it's mm -hmm. very reminiscent of like Warshak's um, narratives and his uh, journal that he keeps. Mm -hmm. And then it was almost kind of very similar to like Dexter as well with mm -hmm. his narratives and how he approaches things. So mm -hmm. for like the first half, it doesn't feel like you're watching like a superhero movie. It, wa it reads like a detective true crime type of movie. Yeah, I, I enjoy it. It's a cool um It's a tone. really interesting take on it, yeah. Yeah, I think here my two favorite influences are these two bits right here. First, that the whole vengeance thing um, it really came from the speech, I am vengeance, I am the knight, from Batman the Animated Series. And it's such an iconic line, I can hear Kevin Conroy just saying it now. Um, because it's such a great TV show, it's so good, <laughs> it's so good. And it leads into Batman Beyond, yeah. which is some of the best Batman shit. Batman you know? Beyond is where it's at. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we're inching closer to the reality of a Batman Beyond live action. Hell yeah. I mean, Rob Pattinson has even said that he's interested in playing Bruce to a Terry McGinnis. Hell yeah. Bro, I would lose my shit. That would be so <laughs> <laughs> Um, Listen, this Bruce Wayne looks like Kurt Cobain, and there's a reason for it, and it's because Reeves is a fucking Nirvana fanboy, and I respect him for that. <laughs> he was listening to something in the way while he was, like, writing the first act of the script, and it's no surprise that the song is used in the trailer, and it obviously shows up in the film, um... And I love this like little factoid just because I love astrology <laughs> and I'm a Pisces and Batman is a Pisces and Kurt Cobain is a Pisces <laughs> and this song is like the theme of it. I was obsessed with it. It's really good. Um, so... I don't know. I just, <laughs> it's silly, but I really fucking love these coincidences. <laughs> um, and it's also a really great song. Even the lyric, you know, it's okay to eat fish because they don't have any feelings can even just be in reference to Pisces. 
Like, it's okay for you guys to fuck us up or, like, use us as this emotional punching bag because, you know, mm-hmm. it's genius. You can't fucking, <laughs> you can't tell me it's not. Anyway, that's my little rabbit hole conspiracy about that. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's that. Uh, Robert oh, Pattinson yeah. was cast in May of 2019. Um, he really, Matt Reeves really liked him after watching Good Time, which is a great fucking movie. And, uh, here we are with a Batman film starring Rob Pattinson written by Matt Reeves. Hell yeah. Yeah. And Peter Craig. He deserves <laughs> credit for this as well. Sorry, Peter. All right. So when did you, when did you see the movie? Uh, I saw it. Last Friday, um, which was, what, the 11th? Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, it was the 11th. I saw it on the 11th, and I took my friend's son with me, and it was fun. It was it was a really long experience. I, I went it's in thinking- It's a three-hour movie. Yeah, dude. I went in thinking it was going to be like an hour and 45, maybe like- What? Two, <laughs> two hours tops. And then like my friend sends me a text and she's like, yeah, do you want me to order you food? You're going to be in there for a while. I'm like, oh man, I had no idea it was going to be a three-hour long movie. Oh my gosh. You really went in there like super blind then. Hell yeah. Because it was like- <laughs> um. It was widely reported that it had, you know, close to a three-hour runtime. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was just like, man, I sat through fucking Endgame, okay? Which is longer than the Batman, by the way, by like 10 minutes. And 10 minutes when you have to pee feels like a really long time. Right. So if I could sit for fucking the Avengers, obviously I would sit for my main man. But <laughs> I totally, I totally, I totally get that. I understand that. I fucking had to get up to go to the bathroom. <laughs> There's like a, a bit that I missed and I'm just going to have to wait until it comes out on just, HBO Max. Like also just so happy that like movie theater chairs are so comfortable now and they recline and everything. Mm-hmm. Cuz if that were the case with like like an like a up straight chair that you can't like <laughs> lean back on and you're sitting like that for 3 hours. I've done that before with Star Trek. It's not fun. Back in the day. Back in back the day. Back in the day. Even when you didn't have to reserve your seats, you just showed up and picked a spot. Yeah. Based on what they had. That was the wild, wild west, truly. That was when movies were fun and cheap and you could go regularly. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, what did you think? What What did you guys think? Um, I really enjoyed it. I totally um would put it up there with the dark knight as far as like how much i enjoyed it oh um, yeah even though it's long <laughs> yeah you know whatever it's cool it, it kept my attention so that's all that matters like if i was just like bored and on my phone or like getting up to move around or whatever i'd be a little pissed off that I was there for three hours but like if I'm sitting there and I'm enjoying what I'm watching I'm good yeah yeah and it it was it was good it was really well written and really well done and Zoe Kravitz killed Catwoman yeah she was so good slayed uh 
what's his name? Paul Dano? Or Dano? The guy who played Riddler was really good, too. Yeah. And then our boy, Bat Daddy, was Bat perfect. motherfucking daddy, bro. Oh. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I think it's pretty obvious to know how I feel about it. I yeah. really fucking liked it. Yeah. Um, it's, been, it's been 11 days since I've seen it, and I still think about it at least once a day. Yeah. In some, yes, in some form, the Batman fucking pops up in my mind, um, which makes me feel nostalgic because the last time I can remember feeling this excited about a film was when I saw The Dark Knight for the first time with my grandparents in a rickety ass old ass theater in New Hampshire, bro, with like 13 seats in the whole theater. My grandpa, I'll never forget, we were driving out of the fucking theater, and he was like, I don't remember a damn thing that happened. I couldn't <laughs> hear. And so I spent the whole ride home explaining to my grandfather the fucking <laughs> the whole the plot. plot. The <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I had to go to camp. I, it was when I was at sleepaway camp, and you get like one day if you're a long-term camper mm-hmm. to like see your family. And my grandparents would take me to the movies because it was a good way to spend time. Yeah. And yeah, and we saw The Dark Knight and I was fucking pumped. And I saw The Batman and I was fucking pumped. <laughs> so uh, I really liked it. So the movie, it's really interesting uh, where it fits in like the Batman kind of films. Yeah. Because it takes place... The first, the first shot of the movie, it's like, it's October 31st. It's Halloween in Gotham City. And the first 10 minutes of the movie is like the best edging. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you're just waiting for him to show up. You know he's gonna show up. It, it's like in it's like in the Dark Knight when Scarecrow is making the drug deal, and you know Batman's gonna fucking show up. You know it. And then you get the fake guy with the hockey pads. Yeah. I'm not wearing hockey pads. <laughs> <laughs> but like the anticipation is very similar, but the tone is completely different. It's like this dark. Halloweeny again the long halloween being a huge inspiration for this you get him narrating and you're just waiting for him to show up in that suit and he does and it's so satisfying this it is probably really one is. of the best parts of the film Hell is yeah. when he first shows up and he's just like I'm vengeance well that whole scene had such a flow to it it was so like entertaining to watch it was very dynamic. And the choreography mm-hmm. is incredible. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned this scene not only because it starts it for you guys at home, but and you guys have seen it, I'm assuming, at this point. But it also establishes the main conflict in the film, which is Bruce's identity as the Batman. And what I mean by that is that you know, he establishes that he's vengeance, right? Mm-hmm. And he beats the fuck out of these, you know, gangsters who are pounding on this Asian man who got off the subway. And what's really recognizable, notable about this scene is that the man who was the victim is terrified 
of Batman. Absolutely terrified to the point where he's like, please do not hurt me. I am begging you, don't hurt me. And Batman doesn't say a word to him. And that was super notable to me because the Batman that we end up getting as a hero, he would be like, no, you're okay. Do you need me to take you to the hospital? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like like Bruce would do that. Yeah. But he's not there yet. And that's a really important part to establish about this Bruce is that he doesn't really play hero yet. He's just fucking beating the shit out of people. He's kind of like a vigilante at this point. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the Riddler is the main villain. How did you feel about this choice? I think it's cool. Um, however, I do feel like they really missed the mark and they missed an opportunity to make Two-Face the lead. Mm-hmm. Um. Because Two-Face is into politics and Two-Face has ran for mayor. Yeah. And I feel like that would have fit so perfectly into that whole narrative of the Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I, f- I feel like the Riddler was mostly just unmasking all of the corruption within the government. And though he was going about it in a very, like, villainous way, I I feel like, I don't know. I think that it would have been awesome to see Two-Face, and I totally see where you're coming from. My only, like, playing devil's advocate in saying that they didn't use Two-Face is that he was a prominent figure in the dark knight which you know you don't mm-hmm. want to draw too many comparisons and yeah. also he he was prominently featured in two batman games the telltale series games and the um arkham games mm-hmm. which i don't mind seeing more two-face i love the comic version of two-face where he's more um you know he's a He's, um, God, I can't remember what he's diagnosed with. I think he's got borderline person, yeah, borderline personality disorder. Uh And, um, he's Bruce's really good friend. And the tragedy in Two Face's demise is that Bruce does everything that he can to kind of like support him as a friend, make sure that he's getting the mental health resources that he needs. And ultimately, Two-Face kind of decides that he's better off this way, which is really sad for Bruce. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's important to have these villains that challenge your hero because otherwise it's kind of boring, you know? And I I really think that could have made a really great story here, but I think they were too afraid because of the the Dark Knight. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to make, you don't want to draw too many comparisons. And I feel like the possibility for Two Face is always open. Yeah. Um, so I think with the Riddler, I didn't hate it. Um, it was very reminiscent of the Arkham Asylum games. Mm -hmm. And when, when, you you watch his like TikTok videos and stuff. It didn't 
I know a lot of people are going to be like, oh, it reminds me of the Joker from The Dark Knight, you know, when he's got the people and he, you know, yeah. broadcasts shit to the news. I didn't go there. I went to the research tapes from Arkham Asylum, and I urge you at home to just go to YouTube, look up the tapes, and you will be deeply unsettled and i think that's what i kind of really enjoyed about the arkham games is that they're like this gothic horror like creepy interpretation also of these almost outlandish i mean the riddler is hilarious in in concept Mm -hmm. i mean from his first appearance in the 60s to the jim carrey version it's like oh how could anyone ever take the riddler seriously and you could maybe say that they went with like this jigsaw approach but i don't think it's necessarily jigsaw because he's not um he's not like let's play a game yeah, he's not satisfied by the torture of people. He's more so playing a mind game. And the thing about Arkham Asylum is that he challenges Bruce, Batman, all the time. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, you're the world's greatest detective. Solve my riddles, Batman, or this <laughs> fucking person dies. Like, he's just challenging you. And so the scene in the church with the guy with the bomb on his head was so fucking arkham i nearly came in the theater (laughs) it was just so cool to watch and and he's like you have five seconds you know to answer this riddle and batman's just answering them like quickly because he knows the answers he knows who the challenge is for yeah and it's it's so good it's just a really good take on the character that can maybe be a bit goofy i'm not saying it's not without flaws i think um i think the whole posting shit to like their equivalent of 4chan is a little bit cringe yeah (laughs) but um but whatever it makes sense in the context of the universe you know um i I thought Paul Dano was incredible. Yeah. Especially when he's unmasked and he's, you know, speaking with Bruce in the interrogation room. It's just really good. It's great acting all around. I think the acting in this film is really good. Um, I know that you said you really wanted to see Two-Face. Was there anybody else that you were hoping to see? No, because they kind of gave us a cameo at the end. I won't spoil it just this early into the conversation, but um, I kind of had an inkling that they would bring that character in. I was just kind of waiting for when. Yeah. And um, that was about it. I would like to also see uh, Poison Ivy be pulled in oh, through especially through like god. Catwoman's narrative oh my fucking god i think that yes. would be fun we oh, haven't gotten poison god. ivy since uma thurman i'm ready for another poison ivy i want like fucking real ass fucking birds of prey like mm-hmm. with huntress catwoman mm-hmm. poison ivy harley like i fucking would love to see it or even even just to see poison ivy and uh selena and catwoman together because i like you said earlier zoe kravitz just just slays it and um i think personally that she's the best 
film version of Catwoman that we've seen. Um, Hell yeah. Hands down. That's just how I personally feel. I I loved it. I think she was great. She looked great. I think she was great too. She, she did look so great. Good. She looked awesome. <laughs> she I love so the so- like the sock beanie hat. Yeah, like the, her with costume the ears. is lit, dude. It's so cool. It is her so movements. like DIY in the best ways possible. The moment that they meet in the mm-hmm. mayor's um office when mm-hmm. she's opening the safe, fucking amazing sequence. Like Hell whoever yeah. choreographed it is a genius. Her movements are so Catwoman, and he's very like hulky because he's you know more offensive and the whole fight is just riddled with like this sexual tension and it's just great because that's literally their relationship i mean they get married in the comics because they're just meant to be that's the that's the otp for all time the one true pairing is truly bruce and and selena (laughs) so it's really great to see a good it made me happy in the same and, and honestly like uh it's like that same kind of tension that um Michael Keaton and Michelle Pfeiffer had mm-hmm. um theirs was a bit more playful just in terms of like the Tim Burton setting but like it's sexy it's there you know I just uh saw the scene again where um Michelle Pfeiffer licks his face <laughs> oh I was like god. oh my god it's a thing that mm-hmm. happened we also did a whole podcast about Batman Returns, so if you want to listen to that, uh, go do that. <laughs> we we watched it. We talked about it. Um, yeah. What did you think of the Batmobile? I wasn't impressed. You know, I get it. I get that he's, like, in his first two years of Batman, but he's still Bruce Wayne. He could have, like, you know, spent the something. extra money on something other than what was that, like a Mustang? No, it's like the body of it, like a challenger, it looks like. I was, ew. Really? Do better. Okay. I will stand by what I said earlier in like one of the first Batman podcasts where I think Arkham City Batman has the sexiest Batmobile. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. He has the best Batmobile. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, yeah, I mean, I the reveal of the Batmobile, I don't know, I wasn't as excited as when you see the Tumblr for the mm-hmm. first time, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, even though the Tumblr is, like, notoriously slow. But <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, that's it? But I guess it makes sense with Bruce's persona where he's just trying to fit in. Mm-hmm. Like, because he's trying to hide. He's trying to be like, I'm going to get you when you least expect me. But at the, the same time, is, look at him. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's it's not bad. What I, what I appreciate is I like the reference and the nod to American muscle. Because even when Bruce goes to, to the funeral at the church for the mayor, mm-hmm. he drives a Corvette um, C2. So, um a stingray which is also a staple of american um sports cars you know so it's kind of cool seeing that um just from like a car nerd perspective because Mm -hmm. in the dark knight 
he drives a Bruce Wayne drives a Lamborghini Murcielago, which is named after a bat in Italian. Mm-hmm. And I always found that like a really fun feature. And of course, that Bruce Wayne would be driving a Lamborghini. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got the Bruce Wayne persona. He's, he's Gotham's fucking- playboy. Yeah, he's Gotham's playboy. He's fucking the Russian ballet on a boat to spite Rachel. <laughs> you know, like he's he's living his life. And so, of course, he would push a Lambo named after a bat because he's that fucking, he's that amazing. But <laughs> this Bruce Wayne doesn't know yet. And the thing is, a C2 is a very nice car and not cheap. So it is very within the realm of scope for a guy that age to kind of be into that car yeah. and have that car because it does have a presence. It's beautiful. I just, I want all the gadgets. I want all the fun things that go flying <laughs> out of it and like make it go underwater and go flying around. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm a child. <laughs> no, I, I agree. I think the actual Batmobile itself is kind of boring, but yeah. I like the through line of, you know, American cars. Mm-hmm. So um, we know. So let's get into the themes. Vengeance versus the will of a hero. So a big character arc in this in this movie, I would say, is Bruce uh, or rather Batman realizing that he needs to be Bruce Wayne as well. Mm-hmm. And he also needs to focus on justice on protecting the people rather than um fulfilling this quest of like vengeance you know it's like he kind of comes to pe- uh, to terms with one side of his nature right and mm-hmm. he comes to realize at the end of it that he needs to be the hero that Gotham deserves because Gotham its people are worth saving, are worth protecting. And it's important, I just bring this up, because a lot of people who hate Batman love to say, um, why the fuck Gotham City? Gotham City's trash. Why would anybody live there? You know, you could say that about any spot. You know, mm-hmm. this is, ultimately, at the end of the day, this, this is these people's homes. Um, they have their own connection and attachment to it, and he has his own personal uh lineage there he has a lot of investment in the city of gotham so it's important to him to make this a place that he could be proud of that he that he has people um that are worth saving like they're they're there (laughs) you know and that one day they won't need him I think that's ultimately batman's quest at the end of the day but the thing is he just keeps running into villains that fucking love to ruin his life. <laughs> yep. Yep. Bat Daddy just wants happy Gotham civilians. <laughs> and that's he what he learns. That's what he learns. Especially because at the end of the film, there's that really gorgeous shot of him pulling the people out of the water and then he's got the red flare and he's just walking through the water and they all follow behind him. You know, yeah. and it's just kind of like this really obvious but beautiful visual representation of him assuming the persona of a hero because he's no longer this vigilante that even fucking the asian guy in the beginning is afraid of like people are looking to him now to help them 
I like it. Yeah. I like it a lot. I think it also shows when, like, uh, that girl reaches out to him before they put her in the stretcher and pull her up into the helicopter that, oh, like, they, they, they do need him and they do want him. His little bat heart quivered. I know. He was like, oh, you'll be okay. <laughs> and she gets, and she's like, okay. And she gets relented. <laughs> it's just so sweet because it's, um, it's it's good to see Batman be a hero because yeah he's like edgy and blah he's got edgy <laughs> villains and stuff but he is a hero at the end of the day like you know yeah he is trying to make a difference in his own weird bat unhinged way <laughs> <laughs> um yeah I think what's also important to know is that the Bruce Wayne persona obviously is not formed yet so it's kind of like. He realizes that he needs it because a lot of people were complaining like, yo, Keaton had a Bruce Wayne, uh, you know, Clooney had a Bruce Wayne, Christian Bale had a Bruce Wayne. Uh, you don't really see that from Rob Pattinson. Well, yeah, no shit. He doesn't like being Bruce Wayne. <laughs> yeah. He's so emo. He's very self-deprecating. <laughs> I don't like being me. Like, he's just like... Sad in this big gothic mansion. He's broody like he, as hell. He he literally gets reminded by um fucking fucking Alfred that he's like, oh, don't forget, you still have to be Bruce Wayne. Like you can't just be Batman all the time. Yeah, and then <laughs> Bruce is like, you're not my dad. <laughs> Quite literally, no. it's like you're not my dad. <laughs> Bro, I laughed. I'm not going to lie. In the theater, I was like, yo, he really just did that. <laughs> um, it is hilarious. But it's 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 it makes sense in the mm-hmm. in the thing. I'm excited to see what Rob Pattinson Bruce Wayne would be because he can be very charming as evidenced by his fucking interviews mm-hmm. for this film. Uh, so I'm so excited to see where they go with that, especially if he, if the rumors are true that he gets a Robin in the next oh, film. Oh, that would be great. I would fucking die. I, I'm just like, I like the world that they've established. And what ultimately what I really enjoy about this is the characters. Each character, even if they've kind of messed with um stories a little bit or kind of like put their own spin on things they are still the essence of the character they are they are still iconically who they are so we did bruce there's catwoman she is you know the secret daughter of carmine falcone which turns out to be a huge part of the conflict in the film i thought they played that really well um, it kind of mimics something from The Long Halloween, if I recall correctly. But uh, I, it was still kind of played in a way that I found exciting, honestly. All right. I I never saw The Long Halloween, um, but I did kind of like the idea of her like being there in the background and spying on her dad and being like oh i'm he 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 owes me this he owes me this money and like i'm gonna kill him and i'm like yeah (laughs) you do that yeah well he it's like revealed that he fought like basically 
impregnates his mom and then or her mom and then you know his mom whoops <laughs> no he impregnates her mom she's born um and she gets shown around you know the iceberg lounge which is like you know the spot to be which yeah. is ran by the penguin and she and then her mom gets murdered one day mysteriously choked out well it comes out that he did it shocker carmine falcone is a piece of shit shocker yep. <laughs> And so she's like, yeah, no, I'm going to fucking kill him. <laughs> and, she, and she gets close. And Bruce mm-hmm. is like, don't do it. <laughs> you and goddamn the good boy. It. Yeah. He, he, he takes anyway. her, 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 her rightful revenge away from I know. Her. Yeah, for real. Busted. But she looks great. She looks great. She moves great. I love what they did with Catwoman. I can't wait to see more of her. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of Catwoman, like, how would you rank your Catwoman now? Um, she would definitely be, definitely be first. I feel like she's a stronger Catwoman. I feel like she's less of a like damsel in distress because I feel like Selena was kind of portrayed as the damsel in distress with Michelle Pfeiffer at first, and then she was like, "Oh, well, then I'm gonna be my own superhero." And, yeah. Like, kind of had that arc going for her um so sorry michelle yeah but zoe kravitz ate it yeah she's great i i think this might be i mean she's famous she's been in a lot of roles but i think this Mm -hmm. really will be the role that cements her place as a household name if that makes sense yeah um yeah i agree she's better than michelle pfeiffer and she's damn better than anne hathaway i don't Mm -hmm. like anne hathaway selena it's just cold you know don't even talk to me yeah and what's important again about selena is that she's confident she's sexy but she's also uh got problems she's out for her own and she will Mm -hmm. take care of her own um, which is like why the roommate is like a substitute for Holly, which is, you know, the more commonly accepted version of that character. Yeah. Um, and I thought it played well, you know. Uh it wasn't too bad. You've got uh Jim Gordon. I think Jeffrey Wright did a great job. He's great in everything that I've seen him in, from The Last yeah. of Us to to uh Westworld. I think he's great. And I think he's a great Jim Gordon. He plays it great. Hell yeah. No guns. <laughs> that might be your thing. <laughs> I'ma do my thing. <laughs> or something along those lines. He was like, fuck no, I'm bringing my gun. Uh that was really funny. And that's the thing about this movie. This movie has, like, even though it's got this dark tone and it's, like, noir, detective-y, it's got humor. Yeah. It's got moments. Like, I mean, I really do think that the whole Alfred-Bruce argument really is played to kind of 
make you laugh because it is kind of absurd because you have to also understand that it is like a comic book movie it's a superhero movie like i think that's also why people like the spider-man movies um like the sam raimi ones with toby Mm -hmm. mcguire it's because you have to also balance these moments of like great drama with like you know being able to be (laughs) self-aware yeah what's happening on screen um i will say that alfred is the weakest one for me I can see that, for sure. I I always really enjoy Alfred's bits too, and I feel like mm-hmm. they that Alfred kind of took the back burner for this one. Yeah, and yeah. it's a real shame that he did because I feel like he would have been a very prominent character in Bruce's life at this point. Um, yeah, like already, you feel like that yeah. the way that he acts is almost like how he would be year one. Yeah, but this is year two. You would think that he would be more proactive in helping with the cipher, and things like that. I don't know. It's kind of weird. I'm not a huge it fan is of weird. it. Uh, it's a weird dynamic in this one. Um, but you were talking about how it does have humor and everything. Do you remember that scene where he becomes a flying squirrel? Yes. <laughs> because- yes. <laughs> Bro, and he even looks over the edge like, oh shit. Am I yep. really gonna do this? And he does it. Oh, it's so mm-hmm. funny. Yeah, and he is a flying squirrel. Yo, that shit made me laugh so hard. Because right. I was like, yeah, that's kind of really how that would be. <laughs> it's awesome. It's good. That um, was a great bit. <laughs> do you wanna? Do you wanna get into the music? Yeah. Um. So they played this. M- like minor version of Ada Maria mm-hmm. throughout the entire film and I was so sick of it by the end of it <laughs> that I never want to hear Ada Maria ever again and I feel like they could have brought in their horizons with um with finding with, like adding more tracks to the to the uh soundtrack um yeah, or, get, or getting a producer on it, or getting an artist on it, and I understand wanting to have this gritty, grungy feeling to it. But when every single scene where something's happening, you're playing the same Ada Maria notes over and over again, I'm. It drove me insane by the end of it. Yeah, Ada Maria. Yeah. Yeah, I think that the Batman theme is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, it's very reminiscent of like the Danny Elfman and also the a- animated series kind of iconic Batman sound. Um, I do agree that there's not enough variance in the soundtrack. I think Selena's <coughs> theme is also very great. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it. It like plays and dances around, kind of like she does. It's it's mm-hmm. really it really fits her. Um, almost in the same way, like that the Hans Zimmer um, Catwoman theme from The Dark Knight Rises was. They're kind of a little bit similar, <coughs> um, mm-hmm. but like really good interpretations. But yeah, I don't think that there's enough music to kind of fill the three-hour soundtrack. They do play something in the way, and they don't yeah. play like a cover version. They play the Nirvana version, mm-hmm. and like. Some people were surprised. I was like, damn, y'all really don't know Kurt's voice, huh? (laughs) 
just playing. But like, as soon as I heard it, I was like, yep, this is the actual. I thought they were going to play like the cover kind of version that they did for the trailer. I was fully yeah. expecting that, but no. He was like, I'm a Nirvana fanboy and I will have my Nirvana in this uh, in this fucking movie. God damn it. And he did. <laughs> so good on you, Matt Reeves. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, I wish that there was more, more music. And I wish that, you know, maybe the Batman theme was a little bit more intricate but i also mm-hmm. am not a composer so i feel like i can't really judge too harshly but yeah i agree with you i think hans zimmer he's my one of my favorite composers and um it's hard to kind of beat the work that he did mm-hmm. um on the dark knight and also danny elfman danny elfman in the tim burton batman movies his music's iconic as well um so it's hard to dismiss those two yeah um this one, however, kind of fell it, flat. Yeah, in there could be more. There, it yeah. Could, yeah, there could be more. Um, but honestly, you're so invested in what's happening in the film that um, the music kind of, it's whatever. It doesn't really shine. It doesn't really add anything. Yeah, but that's kind of what you want from a soundtrack is to add to the scenes and yeah. to play into the emotion of what's going on. And it it really, I didn't feel that throughout it. Yeah, there could have been more, 100%. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so the future of the series uh, concerns a character that we didn't really get to talk about, but we will hear. And that's mm-hmm. the penguin played by Colin Farrell. Those prosthetics were amazing. He didn't look anything like himself. No. Colin Farrell is, in my opinion, a very sexy man. Just very attractive (laughs) and, like, kind of just, like, I don't know. He's got this, like, swag about him that I really enjoy. But um, he was unrecognizable as the Penguin. Yeah, truly. the, The makeup really was incredible. And his acting is great in the mm-hmm. role. He mm-hmm. really sells. He embodied the, the character yes. completely. It was so fucking good. Even down to the walk, the walk that yes. he had <laughs> was fucking perfect. Um, right. And and people are talking about it which makes me happy and it's like this it really is like a good interpretation of the comic version of the penguin mm-hmm. because he's kind of gross and weird but he is a gangster he is intimidating because he does have mm-hmm. power but he also has some of the best lines in the movie too in terms of the comedy because mm-hmm. there's this whole like shtick this whole riddle about el rata lada and he was like mm-hmm. el rata lada you mean La Ratalada? Jeez, two detectives here and none of you could figure out basic Spanish, like some shit like that, bro. He roasted the fuck out of Jim Gordon and the Batman in one go. It was great. That was a really fantastic line. And it was yeah. so well delivered. It's just so fun. It was uh, the theater laughed a hundred percent because even like even Bruce and Jim look at each other like, oh shit, <laughs> we kind of fucked dumb up right now. Yeah. <laughs> like we kind of fucked that one up, huh? Uh, but it's it's it, it's fun. It really it really does feel like this crime detective caper. Um, 
but with a really cool um, comic flair. So they're making a show for HBO Max, uh, a Penguin-centered TV show, where he's kind of trying to uh, claim power after the, you know, power vacuum that resulted from Falcone's death. Because at the end of uh, the film, he dies. Yeah, you Mm -hmm. mentioned that. He gets killed by the Riddler. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. How do you feel about that? I'm excited. I'll watch it. I'm down. Yeah, I'll give it a a go. Penguin's cool. Penguin's, like you said, a very weird character, so he's kind of, like, hard to like Mm -hmm. in some way, in some respects. Um, But I really like this rendition of him. I think it's a big step away from... uh, the Gotham series yeah. version of him, as yeah. well as Danny DeVito's version yeah. of him. Again, he's more comic accurate. Yeah. Um, in his, but but it's still a twist on it. You know, it's still mm-hmm. unique. So it works. It works really well, in my opinion. Yeah. And since it's a show for HBO Max, I wouldn't be surprised if they got Zoe Kravitz because she did Big Little Lies. She's used to doing serialized TV for HBO. Yep. So, and if they're going to get the name Colin Farrell, like, I have a feeling. They, they can get other names in there, too. Yeah. For sure. All right. So, how does it compare? We're going to do a little mini segment, Sarah. Okay. It's going to be, like, quick, right? Um, okay. It's better or worse. <laughs> so, I'll All name right. the live-action Batman movie, and you're going to tell me if the Batman 2022 is better or worse. All right. Um, if you haven't seen the if you haven't seen the movie, you're more than welcome to say pass. All right. Okay. So Batman the movie 1966. Pass. Batman 1989. Uh, better. Batman Returns. Better. Batman Forever. Better. Batman and Robin. Better. Batman Begins. Uh, pass. The Dark Knight. Uh, worse. The Dark Knight Rises. Uh, better. Batman v Superman. Uh, better. Yep. All right. Nice. I I pretty much agree with that. Yeah. I I think uh the Dark Knight does have an edge <laughs> over mm-hmm. the Batman, and it really is due to Heath Ledger's performance. It's so yeah. hard. To beat that because he was such a presence that was truly his film mm-hmm. you know but it and it worked in this batman setting um and also you know christian bale because you get the playboy bruce you get the batman bruce you just you get the hurt anguished bruce you get it all um yeah. and joker which is like the old it's it's the de facto batman villain but um I think the Batman does do some things better than the Dark Knight in some regards. But yeah, I I like that. You have good taste. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, final thoughts. Uh give me your final thoughts and how many how many bats? How many bats would you give this? Um it was very long. I didn't like the Batmobile. I wasn't a fan of the soundtrack. However, the acting was super, su- superb. <laughs> superb. Superb. I don't know. Superb. Um, 
I'm very excited to see what they do with Riddler and the Joker. Spoiler alert, the Joker was mentioned at the very end. Yeah. Um, I wish it was Joaquin, Joaquin Phoenix, but I understand why it can't be. Yeah. <laughs> God, his Joker was so fucking good, too. I know. God, I rewatched um the scene where he shoots Robert De Niro on television mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i rewatched that whole scene on youtube because it showed up and i just i got chills and i was like man i really want to watch this movie again right it just fucking it's so he good he really it's plays powerhouse. a lunatic he really plays him as just like this psychopath yeah. who has just lost it due to society and the way that it grounds itself in the comic universe is really interesting because you realize that this is set in the same universe as Batman, but you feel like you're watching its own thing. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it does have something to say ultimately about the stigmatization of people who suffer from mental illnesses and the lack thereof of, of systems and institutions that are there to help them because he in every part of the film he's failed by the system right like yeah. his his caseworker fails him the people that you know are supposed to you know work on him and check on him and check up on his mom failed him mm-hmm. you know every the, the everything fails him in such a bombastic way that it results in you know the joker being born this movement being born of pain and lack of understanding yeah and it's an interesting take for a villain you know it's a whole movie that sets up the premise for a villain so to to draw sympathy for him but also make you question you know how you get there is also the really interesting part of it i could and gush that's funny it's funny that you mentioned that too because that just clicked something in my brain that corella and joker had the same type of origin story yes <laughs> so i'll be the bad guy like whatever the fuck yeah. she says i'll be naughty or whatever at the fucking uh. fountain yeah they're very <laughs> it's like the it's like the joker but for girl bosses right <laughs> any hoosers um on a scale of what, one to five, one to ten? One to ten. One to ten, I give it. I give it nine bats. Nine bats. Nine bats. I was thoroughly impressed with everybody's performance, and the cinematography is fantastic. It's not too dark to where you can't see what's going on, but it gives it that nice grime and grunge that. You know that it's a Matt Reeves film, and you know that's going to be a little bit grittier than what you're used to to seeing from Batman. I love it. I loved this movie. I loved every bit of it. I can't wait for it to come out on HBO Max so I can just watch it again and kind of take my time with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I Like you said, the cinematography is incredible. There are some shots that are beautiful, um, like him with the flair and the people behind him there's some really cool catwoman framing um there's just you could pull any still from this film and it looks badass Mm -hmm. um and the color palette is really cool with red and 
gray and it's just fu- it's just fucking good it takes the essence of what it 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 feels like reading a batman comic that's the best way i can explain it it feels like i'm sitting down reading year one or you know zero dark or i feel like i'm reading some of my favorite batman stories except i'm watching it even the yeah. narration, you know, it feels like mm-hmm. I'm reading the text in the text box from year one yeah. where he's like, or, or the long Halloween, you know, which literally takes place like on Halloween. Uh, so I give it 9.5 bats, nine and a half bats, okay. um, a thousand percent. I can't give it a 10 out of I can't give it 10 bats because I just think that the Dark Knight gets 10 bats. Um, but it's okay. so freaking close. It's like, I say I say nine and a half and it's like nine and, and like three quarters. It's just so close. 9.99. Yeah, it's just so, it's close. Um, but like the Dark Knight just squeaks by. And I feel like the more I have time to sit with the Batman, the more I feel like maybe my opinion will change. Okay. And maybe that this might be my true favorite. Um, but we'll see. So I'm glad that it exists. I recommend you guys watch it. Again, the Batman 2022 released March 4th. Uh, it releases on HBO Max on April 19th. So if you have HBO, HBO Max, that's when you'll be able to stream it for free. Um, if you already sub- are subscribed to the service. Sarah, you want to take this outro? Sure. Uh, Thanks again for joining us for another episode of Casuals Only with Friends. Um, Be sure to give us a good follow on Spotify, Apple, Amazon. Uh, Leave us a review um, and even reach out to us through Twitter and let us know what you think we should cover next. You can add us at, at casuals underscore only and we will get back to you because we have nothing else we're doing. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We're just waiting on your beck and call. Yeah, just hit us up. We'll answer. Um, You can also follow us on our other accounts. You can follow me on Instagram, um, at the Cosmic Punk. That's where I post all of my artwork, and I am going to be making stickers soon i think as well as maybe some tote bags i don't know well we're we're getting crafty we'll see what i do that's exciting you guys can follow me on uh twitter at casual shannon or you can catch me streaming on twitch at twitch.tv slash cyber shannon and yeah i can't wait to see your merch your stuff yeah, I love your no. art. It's so cool. And if you guys It'll don't know, fun. our new artwork is made by Sarah. So go go enjoy that. Hell yeah. All right. Well, thank you for joining us and we'll we'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Bye.